I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands this podcast is recorded on and their elders past, present and emerging. Hi there. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Holding Space for Unicorns. My name is Alicia Payne and for years I held myself back. I suppressed my voice until one day I realised that not being me was exhausting and unfulfilling. So I decided to speak up, to stand up for what I believed in and to share my voice wholeheartedly. And this has opened doors that were not previously open and amplified the connections that matter most to me. Holding Space for Unicorns is a podcast designed to empower women in technology to find their voice so that they can realise their potential. We hold the space to share with you real, raw and authentic conversations about the unspoken so that you don't feel alone in your journey. If that sounds like something that you could use a little more of, don't hold back and let's get started. On today's episode, I'm joined by the inspirational Pearl Tang. Our paths crossed a few years ago and I was impressed with her energy, her wisdom and her zest for life. It's always a great chat with Pearl. Pearl is a business executive with 20 years experience and has worked across business and technology. She graduated with a Bachelor of Science, majoring in psychology, and a Bachelor of Information Systems. She joined the Big Four when she graduated and worked mainly in management consulting across large business transformation programs, usually as a program director or a program manager. Currently, she's at Amazon Web Services, or AWS, where she's focused on new product development and innovation. Her day job is all about helping customers figure out what new products or services to build that their customers will love and then helping them get to build. She's a foodie, an avid traveller and a cyclist, getting outdoors whenever she gets the chance. Pearl is a deep thinker and has some fabulous perspectives to share. Let's jump right in and welcome Pearl. I'm so thrilled to be speaking with the inspiring Pearl Tang today. Welcome to the podcast, Pearl. Thanks, Alicia. Great to be here. It's lovely to have you here. So let's kick off, and I like to start with this question. So tell us a little bit about who you are as a human being. My name's Pearl. My family is from Hong Kong. I've always been in Melbourne, though. Grew up here, always lived here, always want to make sure I keep living in Melbourne. I think we're in a beautiful city in the world. By study, I did psychology and tech before I joined a massive consultancy, and In the consultancy that I was with, I was with them for just over 17 years. It was management consulting, started off in tech. Because I learned all my business stuff at that consultancy, I ended up in very much large business transformation type programs and helping them run across Australia. Sure. So across industry, big, hairy, complex programs of work. And it really required me to be able to translate between business and technology, be able to understand how people worked, understand how we actually frame those programs really well so they can be executed. That was great. But what I really loved whilst I was there were some of the large pieces of work that I got an opportunity to do around helping big business create new brands and spin them out. Super fun, usually because they were industries that I had never really done that much work in. Mm -hmm. But when it came to new product development, it was very much working in a startup culture, a new environment, small, nimble, go fast, 
talk to customers, figure out what's going on, and then get it out to market. And those were the ones that I really, really loved. They made my brain go on fire. I got really excited and created great teams around us. And it's also where I learned the most. And so that's now what I do for my day job. I help companies figure out what new products and services to build that their customers will love and then help them get on with building them. Wow, that's amazing. I feel like there's so much already that we can talk about when it comes to being at that stage with someone going on that journey and the excitement, the challenge of taking a product to market and innovating and evolving. And that's awesome to hear. I want to take a step back for a second because we were talking about your education and how you started out in the professional world. But what did young Pearl want to do when she grew up? Like most people in high school, no idea, right? (laughs) I did psychology and tech as a fallback. But even psychology was something fun that I picked up at uni. So I was doing the science path and really planning to go down the bio-research piece. So chemistry, biology, go into biochem, et cetera, and go into that research phase. And I thought, well, now that I'm here at uni and I've done the bio and chem, what if I tried something else and just see where the psych path takes me? And I really enjoyed (laughs) those subjects and decided to actually change my science major to psychology. And that really Mm -hmm. sat alongside my tech degree as well. So Growing up, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to pursue something that I would enjoy. Tech gave me that. Learning about people and learning around neuroscience, I really loved at uni. So I didn't want to go down the clinical path, Mm -hmm. but I loved the study of people and humans. Mm, I think that's really interesting too. The combination of those two puts you in a really good place when you're in a role like yours and really like... I guess like mine, where you're dealing with all sorts of different personalities and different teams across the country, across the region, right? And being able to talk to different people and understand where they're coming from and the different nuances can really help bring worlds together. That's awesome. Uh, One of the reasons we're here today is really to talk about being a woman in tech. And you've kind of covered off my next question. So I want to ask the next one that I have for you, which is, how how is being a woman in technology shaped your work experience? I'm not sure whether it's being female. I call mm-hmm. it being in tech has really allowed me, and especially now, to feed my curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. So be it in business, be it in new technologies or emerging technologies that come out, being able to work in different teams. I think being a female or I guess in my role and what I love to do I love working with people at the end of the day, working with different types of people, having empathy for where they're coming from, Mm. understanding where their needs are, regardless of whether it's a team member, regardless of whether it's the customer we're trying to serve, because you have to unpick that to be able to work really well with them. So for me, I would say being a woman or being in my role, it's all about empathy with the other, Mm. regardless of what the other is. On the other side... I've always loved working at intersections, right? So I'm not sure whether it's a female trait or whether it's me and my curiosity mindset. Mm -hmm. I tend to work in intersections. So be that as between business and technology or between prop tech and fintech or between different industry and industry areas because often I find problems that are solved in one area need to be applied elsewhere, right, Mm because they're new problems that 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 industry is facing. So the ability to connect the dots, I think that 
and our ability to juggle as women. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where that comes into play. But that's kind of where I really enjoy working in the intersections. It takes all different parts of my brain and, and puts it together for a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, that you shared the different industries and how those problems can absolutely be applied somewhere else along the way. So, yeah, the juggle, the struggle and the juggle. Yeah, I think we're great as women at at juggling things. So that's a really great point that you raised. And also empathy. I think this is something that, I mean, I don't really want to generalise, but I think it's something that women as nurturers have have empathy in spades. And if you can bring that to the conversation, especially in the times that we're in now, you never know where people are coming from when you're speaking to them as a quick Zoom call or whatever the case may be. So that's that's really insightful. I think the other perspective is what does it mean when it comes to perspectives around problem solving? Because ultimately mm-hmm. um, we're in a business of having to solve really complex problems for our customers or for a particular client that we're working for. And it requires lots of different perspectives. It requires different ideas to be considered. And I think we're great at bringing those voices that may not always be heard onto the table. Yeah. And some of the quieter voices as well. The quieter voices are the ones that are the most interesting, I find, based on experience. And when you're on a call or when you're in a meeting room and someone hasn't piped up, as I get more and more confident within myself, because I've been in my role for six months, so there's still so many things that I don't know, but I'm kind of like, oh, you haven't said anything yet, but you know, you're critical to this conversation. What do you have to share? What questions do you have for us? And then the conversation and the problem might take a different direction, right? Yeah, and I think that's where team compositions and, you know, who's in a meeting room or who's at the table becomes really important, especially as you get more senior. It's really important to hear the newer voices that we wouldn't necessarily have heard before, be they Mm -hmm. newer people to the organisation or people who have less experience in years than others in the room. I think that's valuable. Absolutely valuable. And... What role have mentors or coaches played in your journey personally, Pearl? I know that you're really active in the community in Melbourne. You mentioned how you wouldn't live in any other city in the world, but I really want to touch on that because it's something that we've talked about from time to time and I'd really love to hear your perspective and a bit more about your story. I tend to seek mentors who are very different to me. So what that means is the ability to access different perspectives that I may not have considered before allows me to bounce my own ideas with someone else, right? And just to sense test it. Does it make sense? What have I not considered? Any other weird ideas or perspectives that I really should consider going forward? So in terms of mentors, I've had many in my career. They've served different purposes, be it going up the chain, navigating a political environment, just figuring Mm -hmm. out how to solve certain personal or professional problems. Mm -hmm. And you use them at different points in time. Some are long-going mentors. Some are shorter, just depending on where I am. But certainly I've used mentors to help frame the way that I frame a problem or how I've actually solved something so far but it's really the different perspective is what I'm really after when I seek other views yeah 
I think that's a really great way of looking at it because sometimes I think for me in my early days of my career, it was just kind of like, I just need someone to listen. I just need someone to help. But, you know, now absolutely the different perspective is what helps push us forward. And someone that thinks completely differently to you, like I can think of examples where I've gone into a, a meeting with a mentor and I've come out going, oh, I don't know what's happened here. But then, you know, down the line, I've just been so grateful for having had that challenging moment perhaps or having someone who thinks completely differently but then help, like, helps fuel the fire that propels me forward. And funnily enough too, it might be the same for that person who might reflect on that experience at a different time and go, hey, that was interesting too. So it kind of goes both ways. Oh, it definitely does. I think when you're a mentee, you kind of think, what am I going to give back to my mentor? How do they actually learn from the experience too? And having been on both sides of the fence now, as a mentor, I get as much, if not more, out of it than as the mentee, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It's very much about how both sides of the party lean into it and share what they're willing to share. In my previous roles, I've been really lucky that the company that I was in very much had a structured coach program where every person had a coach when they came into the organization. And it was great in that they were able to help you navigate through how do you find certain things, how do you find certain projects, which was great within an organizational context. And if you had to understand, you know, what are the political hoops you need to to jump through? But on the other side, it was brilliant to have mentors who were outside the org, all right, to give that different perspective. What's really happening in industry? What would, you know, someone who's not working in your same organisation be thinking? So finding people both in your existing org, be it to help navigate or otherwise, or go for promotions is just as important as having people outside the org. Gotcha. I completely agree. When I think about what you said about, first of all, the the mentor and the mentee relationship, I think there's a great mirror. Like it's a good reflection, someone who's been on both sides of the fence as well. And the moments of of brilliance that have come from that, like it might even be like a little trigger or a niggle when you're like, oh, I do that too. Or I used to that way too, things like that. I think have been part of my experience so far, which is a great lesson, right? And then what you said about having coaches externally, I think is really powerful. It's something that I haven't done as much in recent times. And so I really appreciate that reminder in in, in my quest, I think, for the next mentor, you know, to get that industry, I guess, the experience from someone else in the industry, what they're seeing, their point of view and other points of view and perspectives that can help you advance in whatever it is you want to do and whatever you want to do next. Yeah, I mean, certainly as a mentor, often I'm faced with or I give myself really curious questions as a result of a session I've had with a mentee. So Mm -hmm. those are the real nuggets that I always look forward to that are often a surprise. Yeah, curiosity, definitely. (laughs) Who are the mentors that stand out for you? You don't have to name them by name, but is there anyone in particular that you can think of in any way that was memorable for you? There are a few. The one that stands out, I'll probably put both of these two in the same bucket. One's Mm -hmm. my gran, who's no longer with me, and an aunt who is much older than me, who gives very sound advice. And 
I very much look to them when they are tough times. Like, is it really that bad? Is it something that I need to care about in two or three years' time? Or is it just a little blip for now? So I look to them when it comes to wisdom and that longer-term perspective looking back to go, actually, I know it might be a hard time now, but I'll get over it. And that's fine. When it comes to career and having those perspectives, certainly two stand out. I had the first one come more as a formal mentor. She was external to my organization. Having done most of my work in tech, she came from marketing. So it was a very different lens in industry that I hadn't had that much exposure to at that point in time. And again, it was through curious questions. It's like, what is it that is really the problem here? Like, How do we navigate through what that problem is and solutioning for it just from a different mindset because I had to articulate what was happening inside my organisation so she would be able to understand it as an example. The other one is a coach that I've had in more recent times and she really understood the consulting environment that I had come from because she had come from a similar big consultancy. And again, it was more going, all right, what does next steps look like? What are the next type of big roles that I'm after? And she was able to help me articulate and find that. And at Mm -hmm. the same time, because she knew where I had come from, she got it. I didn't have to unpack that too much because they would just understand it straight away. But because she's got many more years of experience than me, I could also project, oh, going forward, even beyond my next role, what do two or three roles potentially look like? So being able to have that elastic sense of how far forward I look in time, certain mentors have provided me has been really valuable because it really centers me back on now and what's important for now. Yeah, that word elastic. Yeah, that was was amazing. I'd love to love to use that myself, I think, as I start to think about what's <laughs> next in my career. But there's a lot of value in, in those conversations, those like two to three roles in the future. I mean, like obviously you need to be present in the now and focus on what's happening. And that will, by nature of doing things and getting on with things, take care of it. But to have that goal and to start stepping into things, I have a, a leader that I've worked who had said to me, I wish she'd just grab things by both hands like you do in other areas. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't ask permission. And I'm like, okay. And so I haven't been asking permission. And, you know, since that conversation, unless I really have to, but, you know, that's been great advice. And so, yeah, I think the elasticity but also being in the present moment is a great reminder. Those are wonderful mentors. Like one thing I will say, you know, during the course of this podcast experience so far is that most of the ladies I've spoken to have mentioned members of their family as being special mentors for them. So that's beautiful. Uh, you go to mentors for different reasons. I think it's really important to know when you're going to who for advice. I think some level of consistency for a certain period is important and being really clear what is the ask is for mentors at certain points in time is also quite important. So you're using the time effectively for them as well as for yourself. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Changing gears a little bit, what excites you about the future of technology in the industry? And as someone who has come from an innovation background and thrives on this kind of stuff, I'm really looking forward to this part of our chat. For me, it's endless possibilities, right? So, yes, right now 
there's a lot of talk about generative AI. There's a lot of talk about how it could be used. There's fear around, you know, is AI going to take away jobs? But I kind of see the future excites me around endless possibilities, so long as we're using it for good, right? And if whenever people talk to me about AI and they're worried about it, I've always come back with a sense of the people who are using AI to supplement and add to their work are the ones who are going to win out at the end. They'll do better than the ones just push AI to the side and are not too scared of it because it's going to be around for a long time. How do we harness its power in our own jobs? When it comes to industries I'm most excited about, it's around where tech can actually take healthcare, to be honest. Mm, It's an area that has massive impact on society, on us personally. Like Our own health is the only thing that that is going to matter at the end of the day for us enjoying the limited time that we have. So how do we enable the existing healthcare system to be that much better by leveraging technology as part of it? Let Mm. doctors look after the patients as opposed to doing all the admin around putting in your records and updating your records. So how do you Mm. actually link it all up in a much better way? So healthcare is a particular industry that I'm super excited about in, in terms of where tech can have a big role in it. Oh, my goodness. As you said that, you are talking about the admin, I could see my GP standing there at the desk typing away and he's amazing but, I, you know, probably sees a million patients a day. Uh, yeah, if you're taking that time away, so like they actually be present. And I know that they are when they need to be but there's just so much of that admin and, oh, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that perspective. When it comes to women in technology, what legacy do you want to leave? There is no single path. Everyone's going to do it in their own way and you can do it. I think that this is for women in general, not just women in technology. Carve the path that you want to have because there is no right one. Everyone's going to do it differently and have the faith that you'll do it and you'll do it right for you. I get goosebumps actually when you say that. confidence. It's, it's it the is confidence. the confidence. And that, that comes with the experience and knowing the story that you craft around whatever steps you've taken or whatever major career decisions you've taken because that's part of your life. Mm-hmm. You have to own that story. Yeah, well, that's that's wonderful, wonderful advice. And on to the next question. I don't know necessarily if we can interlink some of these things. <laughs> Maybe not. What do you believe is the biggest challenge for women in, in technology today? That's the first part of the question. And then my second part of the question is, how would you love to solve it? Biggest challenge for women in tech or biggest fear? There still aren't enough of us in the industry, for one. There are many programs in my old career where I'd still be the only female leader in the room of 20. Mm -hmm. And making sure your voice is heard, be comfortable in those environments and take the courage to say what needs to be said is what I would say is the the challenge that women are facing into. Even now, having spoken to graduates or whilst we're expecting it's going to be a 50-50 cohort coming in, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem to be that way, especially in engineering Mm -hmm. and tech right now. 
And so women graduates that are going into the field are still facing this today. Mm-hmm. It gets worse as you go up the chain. Yeah. And unless we do something about it and enable more people from other fields to go into technology, it's not going to get any better. So if we were to solve it, it's make the tech industry more appealing for people to join it. And there are a lot of non-technical roles that women can also thrive in when it mm-hmm. comes to the tech industry, as well as the technical roles. So yeah. I would say don't see tech as something to be scared of. Mm-hmm. It's see tech as an area where you can become a part of and you can actually change. If I say to other women, how do we solve it together? Lift each other up. Yeah. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree and that's one of the reasons that I started this podcast. I think things have changed. You know, I myself have been in the industry for 13 years now and things have changed so much. But as someone that was not technical, it's still, I mean, I know enough to be dangerous. Like I know enough to be dangerous in my role. But I think, you know, that advice, you know, for women who aren't necessarily technical, but there's something there for you. There is something amazing there for you. But sometimes women who haven't necessarily been that technical to begin with have found themselves in roles that were very much more so and have been incredible at it because they just have different skill sets or maybe they lead with empathy. Like Lucid is is where, you know, we spent some time together. And at that particular point in time, most of the solutions engineers were women. And I love that. So the more that we can lift each other up and support that, like, as you said, is amazing. Yeah, thank you for sharing those insights. I think the biggest thing is when anyone enters the industry, be willing to ask the questions. No one expects everyone to know everything. So have that courage to ask the questions because you'll be the richer for it as opposed to I'm supposed to know everything. And the more we can encourage other women to do that and help each other with the answers that people are looking for, the better it's going to be. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with asking questions or asking for help, I think. It shows your strength. It shows your strength and it shows your interest. And it's also about connection as well. Like it might be, you know, you're at the pointy end of an interview process and you're asking more and more questions and you're getting to know the people that you're reporting to. Or it might be you know, reaching out to someone in the team that you know is like going to help. Like in my role, it might be a solutions engineer and getting to know them better and asking them questions that may take things in a completely different direction. But yeah, yeah, asking for help and asking questions. It's also fast moving. Yeah. As a tech industry, things are changing all the time and you can't keep up with everything. So you'll yeah. learn things in the moment that you need to know it, other Mm -hmm. things you'll stay relatively current because you're interested. But I think the more you have a passion and an openness to learning, to being open about different industries that you may not have done much work in or are curious to learn more about, the more you learn, the better it's going to be, which means you have to ask the questions. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Phil. That that was really wonderful. I have one last question for you. And that is, if you met young Pearl out there today, what would you say to her? Go for it. Just follow your instincts. The decisions you make are the right ones for you at that point in time. That's all you can do. And that's what I would say to anyone now. Can you think of a moment when that's happened for you, when you've just gone for it? There's probably 
probably many is there one that you can think of that has just paid dividends for you it could actually be it could actually not be a work thing it could be a life thing oh a couple big ones right first one would be a life one yes i had the opportunity to work overseas a number of times i ultimately decided to stay here knowing that if I was to go overseas to work, a lot of that decision is based on I want to see the world and travel. And so whilst I didn't end up overseas working for a few years specifically, we made, my husband and I made a conscious decision to travel the world and we still do that now. So we will head out for maybe five weeks every year, do one country really, really well. And it keeps us grounded. It keeps us being able to see the world. And again, that enables different perspectives to come through. But also for us to appreciate what we've got in life right now. So that's probably life. In terms of professional, going from where I was in consulting, where it was very much around program management, program delivery, to a role that is very much focused on innovation. And yes, I had done that kind of components of that innovation work previously, but jumping deep into it and fully 100% on that now, it gives me so much joy that I made that decision (laughs) because I'm absolutely loving what I do right now. Yeah. It's just backing yourself. Try it. Like I mean, obviously people will be listening, but I can see that in your face and when I talk to you about your role and what you're doing, you just just lit up with excitement. So it's just so wonderful to say, Pell, I've loved this conversation with you. Thank you so much for for being a part of this and sharing some of your experiences with us. And and gosh, there are so many little nuggets of wisdom that you've shared with us today. Thank you for being a part of this. Thanks so much, Alicia. It was a privilege to share this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode of Holding Space for Unicorns. Reviews are so important for empowering more amazing women to find their voice. I'd love if you could take a moment to leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. If there was something that resonated from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share your thoughts with a friend you feel might need to hear this message or drop your thoughts on your preferred social media platform and tag me in it. I'd love to see it. You'll find me at Holding Space for Unicorns on Instagram, or I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Until next episode, don't hold back.